Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Trocum. Frenchie is here. As I do this intro, I realized I forgot to text David Malukas recently, so we'll have to get the other co-host back on the show soon. Not next week, because next week's Thanksgiving, and I will be in the Poconos at the beginning of the week in Connecticut on Thanksgiving, and then back to Philadelphia Friday afternoon. So we're not doing anything next week. That being said, Frenchie, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. Uh, I was trying to think of what I did. I'm just <laughs> in like prep mode for this conference I have coming up later this week. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I did very much. There was no racing on, so not interesting in that way. I think I beat Cody in fantasy football, unless something miraculous happens tonight yeah i'm gonna lose i don't even know who's playing because all my players are done buffalo and cincinnati buffalo and buffalo and somebody oh his players are done too actually so i beat him but yeah there's a football game as we're recording this on monday night which is much earlier than usual but yeah because there's always that to watch yeah yeah that's fair I didn't watch any with the Eagles not playing this weekend. Yesterday, we didn't watch any football. What did I watch? Oh, I finished uh, the show on Netflix, The Fall of the House of Usher. Fantastic. Like a little, you know, spooky, suspenseful, really good. We like we we finished the first couple before. You know, girlfriend went on her her girls trip and then like Friday or yeah, Friday afternoon, we watched one. And then Saturday, after we got back from Ikea, we watched one or two. And like the there's like eight episodes. And like after episode six, I was like, we, we have to finish this tomorrow like this. We can't like spread this out. Like I need to know what happens now. So it's it's pretty good. But that brings me to my non racing question. And we'll probably ramble on because there's, you know, not too much racing to talk about. Is there a bigger test in any relationship than putting together Ikea furniture? Ooh. Trying to think of what another test that's worse and more frustrating would be. And I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Ikea furniture usually has a piece either missing or the instructions are confusing somehow. Or you have an argument about reading the instructions at all versus just jumping in and yeah. doing it because somebody thinks it's going to be easier than it actually will be. 
then you call someone, then you watch YouTube videos. So yeah, I think you're right that it's, I mean, I pretty much consistently rage every single time I try to build a piece of Ikea furniture to the point that I think what Michelle and I decided to do at some point is let's go on Facebook Marketplace or one of the similar websites yeah, and get somebody's old Ikea piece Sorry, that they're getting rid of because no one takes it with them. It's cheap and not very nice. So that's what we did for my office. Just picked up the desk, the bookshelves, all that kind of stuff and didn't even build it ourselves just to avoid that. So we got a small desk for my apartment and like a really small kitchen table. And we started with the desk, got about halfway through and we were really humming along. Now by we, I mean, she was reading the directions and telling me where to put things because I can't read those directions to save my life. And so I'm like, okay, I know what I'm good at. You know what you're good at. And we did hit a little bit of a snag. There was like one part of the desk that just like wasn't coming together. It's still not hundred percent but also it's ikea so we're like listen it never it's is. good enough honestly how many people are really going to be in here other than her maybe you on occasion maybe my parents once in a while but that's really it you know maybe maybe my friend from high school who you know i was telling you about earlier he lives around the corner from me here so you know but for the most part probably not but then we finished it and then we did the kitchen table yesterday before we left. And it honestly wasn't that bad. I think because I knew like I knew, OK, I can't interpret these directions to save my life. Girlfriend, way smarter than me in every aspect of life. So I'm like, listen, you interpret the directions. I will swing a hammer or Allen wrench wildly and bang things into place. So. Uh, very thankful and very lucky that I am at least good at that and very thankful yet again to have outkicked my coverage. Yeah, I definitely always try to accomplish making whatever the piece that inevitably does not fit with the IKEA furniture fit with just brute force. Yep. And then you can either ruin the piece of furniture or you can you make see it the work. Wood start you know. to split. Or yeah, the exactly. Would start to split. Yeah, right. So you end up with like a three-legged desk or something, but whatever. You can figure it out, I guess. Yeah, I I looked at Facebook Marketplace, especially like the week I moved when she was on her girls' trip, and I was like, okay, can I save her the hassle of having to potentially get annoyed at me for screwing something up? And instead, nope, I tried, like you said, I literally tried to use my body weight on this part of the desk that like wasn't coming together. And you were just hearing things creak. I'm like, all right, we got we got to stop before, before I break the desk I just bought. But so you didn't argue? Like you didn't get into it? No, a... not, not at all. Not at all. We That's finished impressive. the desk. We went on a very nice date night to a Argentinian steakhouse here in Philly, which was delightful. And does yeah. Augustine Canapino own it? No, but let's start there. Can you, because I my phone is in the other room, can you remind me of his glorious quote that he said to a, I believe, Argentinian news source? Yes, I can. So apparently in an exclusive interview, he believe he told them that he believes IndyCar drivers need to be more complete and dynamic to run in the series compared to their F1 counterparts. 
Okay. Can you do me a favor while mm-hmm. I'm reading something here? Pull up F1 drivers and how many have, other than Kevin Magnuson, how many have raced, you know, other series since they started F1? You know, not just at one point in their career, while their career is ongoing. No, wait, he's being positive about IndyCar in this quote. If you look at it, I think you misinterpreted the quote. Yeah, he's say it saying again. that IndyCar drivers need to be more complete and dynamic to run in IndyCar in the series. Oh, okay, okay. It's just written in a in a way. I think you said it was an Argentinian news outlet. It's probably a translation. Okay, compared to their F one counterparts. So he's actually talking up how IndyCar drivers need to be more well rounded. Like I think he did previously. We read a quote from him about Alex Pillow and how he thought he was like the greatest driver currently out there. Okay, because of what he did. So that takes away a lot of my argument. A lot, like literally a metric ton of my argument. But I will say this. Tell me that Scott Dixon isn't a well-rounded driver, despite racing IMSA at least a couple races a year for the last X number of years. Same thing with Kyle Kirkwood, at least last year. Same thing with Pato off and on over the last couple of years. You know, maybe to a lesser Scott degree. McLaughlin. McLaughlin, Newgarden. All these guys who won races in IndyCar actually all won multiple races in McLaughlin won one this year. So I don't think it's... I Listen, it's still an annoying comment because for him to say IndyCar drivers aren't complete because they you know also do other racing disciplines. And I don't want to be like the old man shouting at the clouds like, back in my day... AJ Foyt raced on dirt, ovals, pavement ovals, and ice ovals just to compete in the IndyCar championship every year. Like, that's not what I'm going for. But also to say that any IndyCar driver, any full-time IndyCar driver isn't complete, I think is pretty garbage. I think he thinks they are complete from that quote. I'm pretty sure he's like saying positive things and you just don't want them to I don't be want positive. I don't want to I don't want to like him because I'm still upset about the whole way he handled his teammate thing. But I'm I feel like he's saying if IndyCar drivers are going to be the best at IndyCar, they need to not do other racing series. Maybe. I guess it could be interpreted that way. Let me pull up this quote again. He told them in an exclusive interview that he believes IndyCar drivers need to be more complete and dynamic to run in the series. So they already are more dynamic and complete to even compete in IndyCar yeah. compared to their F1 counterparts. So now I like really don't know what to think, but it annoys me. I think he's talking up IndyCar and basically saying that it's harder than you think it is. Okay. And you have to be more well-rounded than an F1 driver. So maybe people should respect IndyCar drivers more. So I think he's doing the proverbial Lord's work here. I feel like there's there's some subtle dig in there because that's you know what he did to his teammate. Like, I'm not letting him off the hook here. There's something we're missing or something that's not coming through in the translation, sure. But yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. All right, so who's he? He's targeting that at Callum Eilat is what we've decided. Yeah, he's targeting, like he's targeting his him. teammate. You know, he's definitely targeting his, his ex-teammate. Oh, not Roma. Well, let's give it time. That'll happen all year. <laughs> he's not trolling Roma about why he hasn't won a race yet or or won a race in F1. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's already starting the mind games, like the Fernando Alonso style mind games with Roma. Yeah, he like Canapino thinks he's the next Fernando Alonso. Like, no, still not happening. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, man. That is also why everybody, when you read an, uh, a news headline, you should A, read the article, and B, remember that these foreign drivers will often have foreign media who write things differently. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Did you happen to see the insane wave of IMSA driver announcements today? I did not, actually. I was not really paying attention to social media today. What did I miss? No, I don't think... Well, Rossi is driving a FAF McLaren with Hinch for the endurance wow. rounds. I missed that? Yes. So that's super cool. The off-track podcast slash on-track jokes have been popping up on Twitter off and on all afternoon, which is like funny the first time and then not funny the other hundred times I saw it. But yeah, also really off-track here, no pun intended. My dinner tonight right now is licorice because I wasn't hungry at a normal dinner time and it's sitting in front of me on my desk here. Those don't look like Twizzlers either. So what is they're that? Not. They are. Australian. Oh, they're the real licorice. Yeah, okay. the Australian licorice. The good shit. Gotcha. Daryl's or whatever, right? Isn't that what it's called? Daryl Lee. Yeah. Daryl Lee. Yeah. It's it's okay. proudly palm oil free. In case you were wondering. Okay, I I didn't know palm oil was something we were. I don't I don't really keep up with that stuff. Me either. I don't know what it is. To be totally honest with you. I assume it has something to do with like palm trees, maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess the other piece of news that we, I don't know if we got this after we recorded last week or we just forgot to mention it, is that Andretti Autosport is down to three cars confirmed. Yep. And I was looking it up. The last time there were three car team, and don't necessarily quote me on this because I literally just scrolled Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure it was 2002 when they had Paul Tracy, Dario Franchitti, and uh, Michael Andretti as their three drivers. Wow. That's, so, uh... was it Andretti Green then? Yeah, I think or, so. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's pretty, yeah. I think that's the last time that they were three drivers because when I scroll through, I mean, they were at a ridiculous number of cars for a certain point. So many. What was their highest car count? They started running four in 2004. And they then went up to five in 2006, it looks like. Oh, but one of them was just part-time. But yeah, I mean, it looks like they've run four or five pretty much, and then with their Indy 500 entries since 2004. And I think it's actually really good that they're going down to three because they need to focus, especially with all the other stuff going on with that team globally. And hopefully this gives them, brings them the success that we always expect that team to have. 
If it doesn't, then there are larger problems there, and we'll find that out. But <laughs> I foresee this being a positive overall because you don't have that fourth entry that's just taking away resources and really providing any benefit or data. It's just basically filling a, a spot on the track. And I guess sponsors are paying your part of your budget. I'm not ready to say they are going to do an about face versus the last couple of years because a lot of their problems on the other three cars this year were self-inflicted mistakes. That being said, I bet at at minimum at Indy in May come 500 time, they will be somewhat stronger just because there's a lot less, you know, there's not a fifth, sixth, and seventh car that they are having to worry about in some capacity. So I'm not ready to say it for the full season yet, but for May, yeah, I would expect them to be a bit more competitive than they have been the last couple of years. Do we also know what, uh, do we get an announcement about Meyer Shank? We did, right? What do you mean? Like they're still partnered with, with Andretti in terms of their technical yeah. alliance, right? Yeah. Okay. So that hasn't changed. So they still really have five cars. Correct. Okay. I mean, but that it's better than I guess six or how I don't know. That team is you don't need a fourth driver just because you can, I guess is my argument, right? Like if you're looking for someone and you're basically out there thinking about it as, okay, hmm, we have this car. Who can we put in it? It shouldn't yeah. be looked at that way. It should be looked at, okay, there's a driver. Where can we put him or her, right? Let's start with the driver first rather than starting with the car and looking to fill it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of 2002, not really. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't think this is related at all. But uh, Graham Ray Hall has, was not around in 2002 in, in IndyCar, but kind of feels like it. Um, it does, yeah. He is is now extending. I guess he has a multi-year deal, which everyone has constantly questioned whether he wants to retire and take over other business interests. He's still a young guy. I mean, he was born in 1989, I think. Thank you for saying Pretty he's sure. a young guy. Yeah. So he's uh isn't that Taylor Swift's age, right? It's the same age. They're they're yep. early 34. to mid thirties. Yep. Right? I mean, he's got two kids, he's married. His life seems pretty stable. He's really rich. So, I mean, if he wants to keep racing, why not? He he's it's not like he wasn't competitive. He looked better last year than he has in a long time. Yeah. So I, think, I would think that would motivate him to continue. You know, the second half of last year obviously was good or better. I said this at some point earlier in the year. We said the same thing 2022 or a couple years ago. It was like the first half they were not good and then they came on again in the second half. So let's see a full season of decent before I get too excited. But yeah, I feel like this is going to be like a, I don't know, two-year or three-year thing maybe where then he starts getting involved in ownership. Maybe he becomes a part-time entry at that point. Like I think this is his last full-time contract, not because he's not talented enough or doesn't have the desire enough, but you know he has the Ducati motorcycle business 
that I think is about to open up. He has Graham Rahal performance. They have Rahal Letterman Lanigan, which he'll be involved in. So car dealerships galore. Yeah, car dealerships galore and whatnot. So he's got plenty going on that will keep him busy that he enjoys doing. So just my gut. I agree with you. I think I don't think I don't see him being one of these guys that continues until he's 45. Yeah, I think just because he started so young and I guess maybe that Fernando Alonso started when he was, I don't know, 20, 21, Mm -hmm. I think in F1. So he's rare, but he also, uh, yeah, he's, he's an alien essentially, right? His motivation and drive is not human. Like he's some kind of other breed that has no other desires or focus. Like he doesn't, as far as I know, I don't think he ever has really had a desire to have a family or like children at that age. And he's just like sole focus is being competitive in a racing car, which is incredible in its own way, but probably also sad (laughs) in others. I don't see Graham being that guy. Obviously he's already married. He has two kids. He has dogs. He has all the other interests. He's a busy person. And I think he likes doing a lot of other stuff, almost like Lewis Hamilton, right? He's got his toe in the water Mm -hmm. in a whole bunch of other ventures. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's going to be good at all of those as well. So it's not like if he leaves racing, he's just going to be kind of that retired guy bored sitting around. I I could also see him having some involvement in even a broadcast. I could see them asking him to do that, just given how straightforward he always is. And he's pretty well-spoken. Yeah. I, uh, I do. I do agree with you on that one. You heard it here first, folks. What's next? I think that's it for okay. IndyCar news. Yeah. Pretty let's sure that was it. Let's talk about my I favorite racing. Yes, let's do it. Let's talk about Las Vegas. So I've got a couple of news items real quick first before we head into previewing the race. The first is that apparently Total Wolf says that they're figuring out what the issue was at Brazil. Like they're they're aware of what happened. Okay. Well, they were so bad in Brazil, and so they can explain it now. And so there's much less concern over those quotes that he was saying about how it was the worst weekend in all of his years as a <laughs> team principal, and they, their car doesn't deserve to win, and all these demotivating things. So I guess that's a good sign. I tend to believe him when he says something. I don't really think he's like a Christian Horner or a Helmet Marco where he picks his words in a way that's meant to trick people or have a double meaning in some way that, you know, it's not a lie per se, but it's misleading. I think Toto's just really you, what you see is what you get. So related to that, he apparently has set a rule for the entire team that there will be no gambling. Nobody is allowed to gamble. His quote is, basically that he wants to make sure that everyone in the team stays away from the casinos. I don't gamble and I'll make sure no one else gambles either. So it's, it's interesting. Um, Do you think that's weird or do you think that that's in his right as a team owner to say, Hey guys, we're there for work this weekend. Don't go to the casino. Well, the, the age old question that was talked about when Vegas got its hockey team too. And 
I feel mm-hmm. like this is just something that like when you t- when you tell a large group of people don't do something, inevitably there's going to be at least a couple people who go gambling. Instead, you can just, you know, a lot of professional sports teams have like a curfew, like, hey, you should be back in your hotel at 10 o'clock or, you know, 11 o'clock or whatever the night before a game or, you know, after a day at the track. I'd rather that approach personally, but I don't know. I'm yeah, that's that's yeah, I'd rather that approach. He also said stay away from the casinos, I think, if that's his exact quote. So then you could just gamble on sports betting apps. If you really wanted yeah, I, to listen to his words and take them literally. I mean, where are they staying that's not in a casino too? Like, you know, I'd like to know like what hotel are yeah. they in that, you know. But yes. Good question. Yeah, I I guess this is one of those cities where you may have to kind of say have that warning for your employees though. Some of them have just right. don't get right. into trouble. Like we're here for work, not play, even though the city is built around people playing. Yep. Yeah, it's we we also are expecting really apparently frigid temperatures or it makes it sound like it's going to be frigid when you read about it in Celsius and it's, you know, five degrees and it's like, oh, my God, it's gonna be five degrees. And then you convert that and that's like 41 degrees Fahrenheit. And so it's like that's well above freezing. I mean, yes, it'll, that'll be cold. And I think I read that the 1978 Canadian Grand Prix was the coldest ever. And that got down to temperatures of 41 degrees. But I would love to see it be freezing because that will be embarrassing for the race organizers Mm -hmm. because they didn't think about that, that it's November at night in the desert. Yes, it is warm in the daytime still. Pretty much, I think, year-round, it's relatively warm. But there are no trees in the desert, right, to block wind. It just gets freezing. So you're going to have all these fans, like, shivering. And, I mean, I I think cold is better than hot, though, in my opinion. I'd rather be at an event where it's 41 degrees and be comfortable than be sweating. I, I think... You're nodding. I I think you agree with me. Yeah, I a hundred percent. My favorite time of year is kind of like September, October, November here in the Northeast, where you know it gets pretty cold in the morning, but you know, kind of during the day, it's like hoodie and you know pants or hoodie and shorts if it's September weather like that. Like this is my favorite time of year. So I'd rather be cooler than too warm, but also I don't envy the drivers having to deal with cold tires on a weekend like this. So a little bit of, but that might be what we need given the track layout. I mean, I was going to read you this quote that Max had and his quote was, and I was going to try to do his voice, but I'll leave that for another time because I'm still practicing my Max Verstappen impression. I'm going to nail it at one day. Okay. Uh, But he said, first of all, I think there are, we are there more for the show than the racing itself. If you look at the layout of the track, but you know, I'm actually not that into it. I'm more like, I'll go there and do my thing and be gone again. <laughs> Good God. Liberty media. They, I bet they love Max for saying that. He knows how to hype up a new event, but is he wrong? No, not at all. Okay. 
So the, I, I mean, I love it. I love that he said that because yeah, me too. I'm all in. He refuses to be silenced and will always say what's on his mind if you ask him the question. So, I mean, that's cool to me. He again is somebody who doesn't like the games. He likes his driving to do the talking. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm all for it. You know, I'm ready for ready to see him win by you know 69 seconds again, and uh, you know, it be a rousing race. Which I was wrong. I think last week I was saying like, oh, I'll watch it because girlfriend will be at work. I got the weekends wrong. So I will not be watching because we have Saturday night plans and then we have Sunday plans. So I need to sleep and I don't care. Well, I think based on the times that I'm going to give you now, I'm pretty sure you weren't going to stay up late specifically to no, watch it anyway. I, I tried to stay up late to watch the Flyers game on the West Coast on Friday night and I made mm-hmm. it like a period before I was like, okay, I'm tired. I'm just going to go lay down. Yeah, so if you can't even do it for hockey, there's no way you were going to do it for F1. Yeah, correct. Practice one is, let's see, the 16th, which is what? Thursday? Yes. Okay, so it's Thursday at 11.30 p.m. Not watching. Like East Coast. Yep. So practice two is then at 3 a.m. on Friday morning. Practice three, oh my God, is Friday night at 11.30 p.m. Qualifying is at 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> and then the race starts at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning. So I guess that's 10 o'clock local time, right? It's it's three hours behind in Las Vegas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos!
Yep. None, none, and none of that is happening for me. It's still early. In, because, well, I don't know what it is with daylight savings, if that changes things. I know that some countries in Europe, that flips time around. It's like 6 a.m. UK that, time. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you still have to wake up early. What's What's annoying is, like, I get it. There's people on Twitter who are like, the race is at this time because of the mostly European fan base. Sure. But you're like, I feel like the point of a race, and I could be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong, whether it's you or a listener. But I feel like having what? Don't you don't want to invite that. I'll just put my phone on mute. I put my phone on mute all weekend and ignored like 15 (laughs) people. So I can do it for a couple extra days. (sighs) I feel like having a race in a you know new marquee market, you want to attract viewers from like the country it's in, especially if you're doing this like American American, you know, revolution of Formula One. American Revolution. You know, I know poor poor <laughs> the poor Boston Tea Party of Formula One. <laughs> yeah, the, the Vegas Tea Party. We're gonna dump all our tea in the desert if we don't get what we want. So I don't understand. Listen, why can't we? Like, why do why do we have to worry about what F one, you know, let's say home bases can watch? There's plenty of fans here who watch Singapore at one o'clock in the morning. Why don't we make it at midnight UK time, so six hours in advance? So it's kind of like an evening, an evening race. So it starts at six or seven o'clock or whatever. So it's. It's cooling down. It's not cold, but it's cooling down. Therefore, you alleviate the tire worries. Most of the people could stay awake for a freaking hour or two. So that's my vote. I get it, but also it's annoying. I was just thinking to myself, why couldn't they just do a daytime race? Because that would solve all the issues with the temperature. And then I thought, oh, it's because you want the, the lights of Vegas lit up. So you have the visual effect. And so that's what it's about, I'm sure. That's that's the reason that they're doing it at night. But, hey, this is a first-time event. We saw Miami definitely wasn't perfect. We saw a lot of weird stuff come out about the food at that event and it being, you know, $600 for a corn dog <laughs> and a Capri Sun or something. Do you remember that? And, like, they had the the fake water in the marina the first year. They just had all this stuff that... We made fun of and criticized and the race was okay. It has like the track is fine. It's around a stadium. I mean, it's what you're going to get, but I'm I'm really expecting there to be some pretty interesting takes and tweets over the weekend that come out about this event of stuff that just doesn't work. Right. I mean, we know that's what happens with first time events and uh, yeah, this is, I'm I'm intrigued by this more intrigued about the off track stuff than the on track action because I watched a video of somebody going around the track on the F1 game. Yeah. And wow, they're on full throttle for pretty much the entire lap. It's like 70% of the lap. It's like Monza, but on streets. Yeah. That's kind of uh, cool. In a, no. in, in one way. No. But not at all. Yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. No. If, if, I would like that more than tight, twisty, like just kind of 
90 degree corners like the whole time, just throwing them in there for the sake of it. I'm going to go with no. I see your point, but no. All right. Well, <laughs> listeners, he told you to let him know if he was wrong. So he invited that. Yeah, that's what the do not disturb button is for. There's only six people in the world who can make my phone ring when my phone is on do not disturb. And I would say probably. And five of them are dead. They Sorry, are that was not. Weird. That's morbid. <laughs> <laughs> it's very morbid. to make it dramatic. Gonna take, gonna, I'm going to take you off that list. Oh, I'm on that list? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know you, if I believe you or not. You, I can't tell if you're being serious. You, no, I am. You, girlfriend, my mom, dad, and my brother, and maybe my sister-in-law. I don't remember if she's on there. So anyone who's listening and is like really close to you that is not on the list is now extremely offended. That's fine. I don't really care. Damn. If they can't wait an hour. Listen, there's there's a few people like even when my phone is on do not disturb, I do you know check it. And there's a few people who like if I see a text from them, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if everything's okay. But like 98% of the world, yeah, I don't, they can wait. Are you sad to not be going to Vegas this weekend? Not even a little bit. I knew the answer even before I asked it, but I wanted to hear your reaction. I did last year when I went to Vegas for a work event at my previous job. My former coworker and I found this really cool like speakeasy bar that you like went into one of the casinos like cafeteria area area and you just like enter through like a random door. And it was very small, really cool. You know, the some good ambiance in there and it was it was a lot of fun and then my coworker had a heart attack and i had to work the next day by myself so actually actually yes i think i do remember you telling me that but yeah it almost he, just sounds he, too crazy i texted him at like 6 a.m like pacific time and i was like and i'm in the gym because we don't have anything to do for three more hours and i just wanted to like get in a workout and he took a selfie of himself in the hospital and i was like oh did you have too much to drink last night after we parted ways you know logical vegas conclusion holy hell collusion (laughs) and he was like no i had a minor heart attack like oh so then, like, imagine from like thousands of miles away having to text your boss and be like, "A uh, coworker had a heart attack, and I have to talk about a side of our business that I know nothing about." Like, I was there just as like backup and to like scan badges at a conference and look pretty. I failed at probably all of them that trip. Do you think telling your boss? that you had a heart attack in Las Vegas late at night or early in the morning. Do they, does their mind immediately go to you were doing something just unhinged? I don't know. I don't know. I maybe, but my coworker was mm, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. Cause I didn't think that. And I never really talked to my boss about it other than, Hey, I'm here and I'll do the job. <laughs> then we know what happened a month later. So Vegas is not a good place for you. No. no. Like you're like somehow bad luck if First. you're to be around you in Las Vegas. 
I did have a good go hang out with someone you hate. You know, like <laughs> I, that one person you hate right now this weekend. I did have a good hand or a good run of uh, video blackjack that week, that weekend when I was there. Video blackjack. So do you play that at like a, you're in the casino at almost like a slot machine type thing? Essentially. Playing? Yeah. It was really weird. And I was not having a good week of blackjack. I was down like a hundred bucks and I put like my last like, $20 in video blackjack because I couldn't find like a cheap table at like lunchtime or whatever. And I ended up essentially breaking even for the week. I think I was down 10, 15 bucks at the end. So, you know, I recovered most of what I lost, I think. So I love how that's considered having like a good run is you leave like mostly. Intact well, it was a, it was a good run because I was down a hundred dollars. And then when I went to video blackjack, I made it back. So it wasn't a good run okay. overall for the week. Okay. Okay. Speaking of good run, are we going to go back to predictions now? Can we can we do that again now? The last yeah. two races of the season. Yeah, that's fine. You start. You pick okay. the topics. Um, all right. So we're gonna do. Who's the first person to have some kind of a problem, like off track excursion, like clip a wall, qualifying and race, or like practice too. Uh, let's just say for the weekend, yeah. Okay. Who, who has a problem? Who encounters it first? Botas. Okay. What was it that I sent you that he did? Oh, yeah. He, he posted like a Mike thing. Tyson costume yeah. photo with a yeah. face tattoo and stuff. And he has just gone like... That could, to be, fair, that could be his PR team. Psilocybin or something. That, that could be like his he, PR team. He's <laughs> Now he's microdosing drugs. I think now. you're. I think you're unhinged. I am, but okay. Uh, that was that was a really odd. He, I mean, like all the posts of his rear end, like just the mullet, all of it screams, "I am microdosing something that I shouldn't be taking." Okay. And I am not a medical doctor, so. But let the conspiracy theories start. All right. Uh, who's he said Valtteri Botas is going to mm-hmm. be the first one to have an issue. I am going to say. Oh, man, I, I know who I want to say because I think it would just be the most. But it's probably the easiest one, too. I'll go with the second one after this. This won't be my real pick, but I think Logan Sargent. It's going to be his home race and he's just going to also have uh, some kind of an issue. If we were doing but, racing, like the race itself, or just qualifying, I would have said Logan Sargent first. Yeah. Um, but I guess somebody who I think is going to have an issue, George Russell. Okay. And that's not because of my personal feelings towards him. I just, he, he seems to be struggling this season. Yeah. Okay. So we know Max is going to have a good weekend. So who's your surprise pick to do something impressive this weekend? Lance Stroll. Okay, fair. I'm going unhinged predictions. Who's my... Wow. There's not. It's so predictable now. It's so hard to pick like somebody who's not... You wouldn't expect to do well this weekend. Because I was going to say Alex Albon because it's such a high-speed track and the Williams is good at those, but that wouldn't be that surprising. Yeah. Damn it. 
if I say Sergio Perez, it's probably more surprising. So I'm going to say him because it's a street track and maybe he'll actually be able to gain some points to hold on to the second place in the championship. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's think of one last one. Do you think we will have a, a red flag? I feel like we've had a ton of red flags this season. Will there be an incident at some point in qualifying or the race where somebody, you know, has an issue that causes a red flag? No. Okay. I'm just going to say yes to be different. I don't want okay. that necessarily, but <laughs> I think so. Because then obviously they can change tires and all that kind of stuff during the race. And it's really frustrating, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I will probably not be watching the race live. Maybe I will watch some of it. I don't think I have plans on Saturday night, but I also, I become an old person in a way. Like I used oh, to yeah. go to bed at, at 2 a.m. You know, regularly. Yeah, regularly used to send me like uh tiktoks or instagram reels at like 1 30 like way after i was uh asleep and i don't i don't go to bed you know super early or anything but yeah no now i go to bed at like 11 45 midnight like much more normal so i mean staying up till one on a weekend it's not that hard but right i don't know if i'll be motivated to do maybe i'll watch the start see how that goes and then make my decision and then i'll, I'll just text you and press the button that says like notify anyway even if, if your phone's on silent and i'll just blow up your phone even though it's what uh if you have muted your notifications just to bother you about f1 at 1 a.m well listen at 1 a.m my phone will be on the nightstand if it, if it's Friday night, you'll you'll be asleep in the other room. So you can you will, I will just close the door and put my phone in the hallway, and you can text yourself on oh. my phone. Wait, we could watch something then on Friday night because I am definitely. What did I say not. the time was? Yeah, I mean my train leaves early Saturday morning, but okay. What time does your train leave Saturday morning? Not that early. It's like nine thirty. Okay. Um, let me see. Practice three is at eleven thirty p.m. Probably not. Probably not. On Listen, Thursday into Friday. It it, it... I mean, on Thursday into Friday. Yeah. Right? You'll be No, Thursday's the sixteenth, you said? That's Friday. I yeah. was wrong. Okay. Whatever. I'm not looking at the calendar. I did just make us a dinner reservation for Friday because I was told they we should book one before too long. So we will talk about that after because I don't need people knowing where we're going to dinner. What, you think someone would actually come try to find us? No, nobody nobody cares. I'm just being yeah, dramatic. I was say. <laughs> no one's stalking us on this podcast. Well, don't don't say that. You, Except uh, the Argentinian intelligence services. We did we did figure out that there was somebody stalking me recently. Remember, I sent you the screenshot of the Twitter account that was created. Yeah, but that person I don't think would ever actually like they're not brave enough to ever confront you in person they're just going to creepily stalk you from afar and have yeah, like these yeah. weird like they have a shrine of you probably that mm -hmm. they worship at in their closet like do you remember hey arnold do you remember that made out of bubble gum <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's what we're talking yeah. about here it's just like that kid breathing 
behind yeah. whatever her name was, the like heavy breathing kid in that show. Yeah, yeah, I knew exactly oh, what God. you were talking about before you started it. Yeah, all right. Well, we should wrap there. We talked about we did the predictions. I think that's that's all we got. No episode next week, as I mentioned. Then we'll be into December. Holy hell. I can't believe the year is almost over. Maybe. Oh, I'm going to end the episode with a non-racing question. Since we're skipping Thanksgiving episode next week. What is one thing you are thankful for in 2023? Wow, there's probably a lot. That puts me on the spot. Let me see. Okay. You don't have to limit it to one thing. Limit it to three things. Okay. Three things. I'd say, well, it, it's like really, my friends and family are just a given. So I'm not even going to put that in there. Okay. Um. So what you're saying is family. I'm always thankful to you. for them. Yep. Okay. Family no, I'm always thankful for them. It's like a All constant. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I am thankful for wow there's like there's too much almost for me to think about let's say the first thing is that i get to do this podcast because it's obviously related i think it's a a fun opportunity that i never expected to have and i really enjoy doing it hopefully people still enjoy listening but i'm thankful for all of those people who engage with us and who listen if not i am thankful for hmm. um let's say i'm thankful for the fact that i'm almost finished with my phd which is pretty hard to believe and it's been like way too long so yeah hopefully i didn't just jinx myself but (laughs) i'll be very thankful if i actually finish it and then I'm also thankful for, oh, well, I mean, I'm getting married next March. So I'm pretty thankful that that's like actually happening because, you know, someone's someone's actually willing to marry me. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> She's I'll not say. under any like duress. <laughs> She's she is not being held ransom. She is not under the influence of drugs or alcohol being forced onto her. This is Correct. not an arranged marriage. I think no, not as far as I know. Yeah. Unless we're living in someone's simulation. Sure. Then sure. Cool. All right. Well, we'll what about there. you? I know. <laughs> oh, you don't have anything. <laughs> I'm not thankful for anything. Okay. Well, if I have to leave out friends and family. No, you don't have to. I just okay. feel like that's that's like an obvious pick, and that's something that I kind of try to be thankful for all the time, but well, let me say that let's let's sum it up into like a few. The few friend, the few like good friends who were like the end of last year and the half of this year that was like when my life was like a complete mess. I'm thankful for them that they kind of kept me afloat. And then obviously, as I tweeted last week, thankful to have a you know girlfriend who is not under duress or you know with me for some monetary gain of or anything, who seems to really like me, which. Uh, no, I haven't figured out why, but it's really changed my life this year. And then, like, I feel like I enjoy being a good person and trying new things and cooking 
for her, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely really a good positive impact. Also thankful for the show because for the first half of this year, it was pretty much all I had. And I, I'm just, I just put that in there just to be like slightly down. Um, what else? I definitely thankful for the four legged beast sleeping behind me. Who's trudged with me through Indiana, in your family driving back East and weekends at the girlfriends when I was driving in from the suburbs and now weekends at the girlfriends when we're walking down the street. So, you know, it's, and he's kind of a nutcase, but that's, you know, for another story. I don't know. Am I at three? I kind of wasn't particularly, or is that two? No, that was, that was good. I was also okay. just going to say we're, we're thankful for all of the people who send us really rude messages. Yes. On Twitter and other social media, because you fuel the fire for us to yes. continue podcasting and to um, actually rub it in your face that you can't stop us from doing so. So Remember, if you're listening to this, yeah, enjoy that you're literally getting the opposite of what your goal is. Right. When people tell me to stop existing after I get over like five minutes of being depressed that somebody wishes that upon me. And thankfully, like you and my girlfriend were both like, please don't listen to that. And the person who told me I was unprofessional and the other person who told me to never do an inter- interview episode again, like a month ago, maybe six weeks mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. I love you all. And I hope you keep listening. And I hope every time you see my name pop up or the podcast name pop up, you roll your eyes a little bit because I'm definitely not stopping. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.